Hello and uh, welcome to the Carers Link podcast. I'm John and I'm your host and joining me as always is our wonderful Katie. Katie, here we are again. We are, but it's not as always because it feels like ages since I was doing a podcast. It's at least three weeks for various reasons. I've just missed them and I have missed them. I've missed being involved in them. Oh, that's good. That's good, Katie. So, so it, uh, it, we've got a nice day today, actually. It's, it's been, it's been pretty miserable. It has. And do you know one thing I think we do need to mention, John, is that on the 28th of November 2019 was the first podcast that we ever published. That's so right. it's it's coming up to our one year anniversary. Oh, that's it's, I can't believe it's a year since since we started. I know, and, and things have changed so much since <laughs> we yeah, did start. I don't I don't think any of us would have thought we'd be where we are last last November. No, no, definitely not. So this week we have got quite an interesting podcast. Um, we have uh, discovered that there are there are other carers links out there, and uh, and we thought we would we would. Uh, investigate this and see um what they do and and i think we talked about a theme for today haven't we katie yeah i was kind of thinking because the other the other carers link, i'm sure they won't mind us calling that at the moment but the other is carers link lancashire so it's it's in england so it's in a different country and we thought it'd be really interesting to just think about the similarities and the differences that there are between caring for someone and the support you can get and the services that are around between between the two areas Absolutely, and and to help us that we're we're very lucky uh, to have uh, Angela McKeefrey, is that right? Yeah, and Emma Logan. So welcome to both of you. Uh, do you want to just tell us a wee bit about yourself before we get into the the nitty gritty? So Emma, tell me a wee bit about you. Yeah, sure. So my name's Emma Logan, and I work for Carers Link Lancashire, um, and I'm one of the team managers there. Um, we're based in a town called Accrington which you might have heard of because it's famous for an advert. Who are they exactly? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot, we're based in Accrington, but we cover the whole of East Lancashire. Um, and we are currently supporting about 10,000 carers at the moment. Um, and we have about 30 staff in, in our full staff team. Um, and Angela is in one of our teams. Yeah, I'm Angela. I'm Participation and Engagement Officer. So primarily my role is to uh, organise and facilitate activities, courses and peer support groups for carers and to promote the service. So thank you for having us. You're very welcome. I think you've mentioned uh, the one one difference that spotted I've spotted already is the difference in size because I don't think we could say we support anywhere near 10,000 carers. I, I, I I'll maybe find out how many... It, I think it's about 4,000 something on the books. That's what was in my head, 4,000. Yes, so, yeah. um, and probably about 12, 13 staff, something like that. So there's yes. there's a difference yeah. in size. Yeah, maybe about half the size. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you may be covering a smaller area than us. Yeah. And, and when, when was Carers Link Lancashire established? Um, well, we've been, in, we've been in lots of different forms, to be honest. So um, we Carers Link was a much smaller charity. So this, again, may be how we've grown in size over the years because we've joined other charities that were in other boroughs. So we cover five boroughs in total, if you like. Um, so Carers Link was established over 20 years ago, but 
as Carers Link, a small charity. It was a group of ladies that got together in a, a town near us um, that was caring for relatives and got together in a cafe to support one another and to provide peer support. Um, and that grew and then they formed a charity. And then over the years, we've we've joined we, we joined with them um, recently in, in my time. I've worked for Carers Link for six years. I think it was about five years ago we joined with another charity um, in Burnley. So that's we've we've become Carers Link Lancashire over the years, and maybe that's how we're a little bit bigger now than we were. Yeah, I think, and in terms of kind of the kinds of areas that, that you cover so I mean Eastern Berkshire is just outside Glasgow so we've got a lot of suburban areas but then we've got a lot of quite rural areas and, and transport is an issue it's an odd an odd or local authority Eastern Berkshire it definitely has two sides and transport between the two sides is there's one bus that's that's all that joins us um, so what kind of an area have you got in in, in East Lancashire? Um, it's quite because we cover such a large area. It's quite different, isn't it, Angela? We've got we've got Ribble Valley, which there's some rural areas there, isn't there, that we that we have. But then we also have some big towns that we support, so Burnley and where we are, uh, Accrington. So it's quite spread out, really, isn't it? In different. There is there is rural parts to it, um, and we we try and get run activities in those. Parts and we have struggled with bus services as well. Um, where we're based, we're, we're based in Accrington Town Centre. So we, when we actually got the offices only a couple of years ago, now we moved. Um, we were we were looking to make sure that we were connected by transport. So we're actually next to the train station and next to the bus station. So that's quite useful for because we cover such a big area. People can actually get in and see us. Um, but we do a lot of home visits and a lot of outreach, and we run a cafe every every uh, month in each of the boroughs that Angela helps run. Don't so we we try and connect to people there. Our difficulty is such a big area to cover, mm-hmm. to be honest. So spread out, yeah. And 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 then, and then sort of in a normal time before the COVID that we're going through just now, what what was the most popular thing that you guys were doing? Probably the the craft activities people like. So we've got um, a Christmas wreath-making demonstration on the 10th of December. So we decided, because we've got a budget to spend on activities, but that's sort of been dormant over the pandemic period, that we would splurge a little bit and pay for all the things that people need to make this wreath. Uh, We bought some boxes and we'll be sending those out in the post. That course, we we, um, the budgeted for 30 and we filled it. So one of the things that we've done now, we've decided to open that up so that anybody can come and watch. And we've put a little list of all the things that people will need onto our Facebook so they can purchase the things that they need for themselves and then sit and watch on Zoom how to make the wreath. Have you done Christmas type activities kind of before? Is that Have you always had a Christmas activity craft type thing? Yeah, yeah. So one, one of our um, review officers... She's really, really nifty with sewing and cooking and things like that. So she's the one who's, who will be running that for us. She's got her own little company called Pendle Crafters. Her and her sister do a lot of um, making blankets and cross-stitching and all that sort of thing. And she's an absolute whiz when it comes to <laughs> anything to do with craft. So, yeah, so our Diane will be running that for us. Um, and she's 
a very character characterful person as well. So because she's worked for the organisation for a lot of years, people are very familiar with Diane. So if you say Diane's going to be doing the Christmas wreath making, it's very, very popular, not only because they like the crafts, but they like Diane's personality as well, which comes across in, in the activities that we run. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've had to be a, a little bit more creative this year be, with the Christmas activities because obviously we're doing them on Zoom. Um, so the reef making's been a good one. So like Angela said, we've, we've posted the things out rather than um, they would normally have them in the workshop. Um, but we're also doing a, a Christmas sing-along. So we've done a few of these sing-alongs throughout um, the pandemic, and uh, we've um, and we did a particular. We've started at, um, in Carers Week. I think we had about yeah. sixty people logged in that day, which was fantastic. So you've got everybody's face um, on the screens, and you can all say hello to each other, which is great. Um, you're feeling part of that community again. And um, it's a lady called Kirsty that runs the um, sing-along. So she's playing live on the piano. And pr prior to the sing-along, she sends out um, the lyrics to the songs, but you've got a choice of songs. So you might she might sing 10 songs, but she's got 20 on the list. And what's fun is you um, you send the, your request. If you've got a favourite Christmas carol or Christmas pop song, you send you can send the request to the message through the messenger and Angela looks after the messages and reads out and says, Oh, so many people want this song, we have a bit of a vote. And so it's very interactive. But what we do do is we mute everybody whilst the sing-along's going on. Can you imagine 60 people singing to Zoom? It'd just be a bit of a noise. So we mute everybody when the song's playing. So you can sing your heart out at home and nobody hear you apart from your neighbours. Um, and then at the end of the song, we'll unmute and we'll have a maybe a line together where we sing together and we can get a reaction uh, and share things. So that's that's been a real success. And it's actually... We've had some feedback from a lot of people that have joined in things that maybe wouldn't have been able to come along to um, physically because of the caring role, they've, but they've been able to join on Zoom. So that is, a, we're trying to hold on to these positives, aren't we, of things. And we've said as an organisation that probably going forward, we'll carry on doing some of the virtual stuff um, because you know in we talked about being in a rural area if people can't get a bus in or can't find it difficult to get to a, a workshop um we can they can dial in so we might do a bit of bit of both we've yeah. said that haven't we Angela we might zoom it and have mm -hmm. people in there doing it in the future and you know get the best of both yeah, worlds. the whole blended approach to things um but but the one thing I want to say well, the first time we met you 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 invite our carers along to your Christmas sing-along so. Yes, we would. We, we thought that would be such a wonderful thing, and that's another thing we we can connect with other. Well, we have done. We've connected with yourself and other carers centres, and carers from other areas, and said everyone's welcome to come because we don't have any. There's no obstacle for travel, is mm. there? We we don't have to come up and see you there. We we can just all join in together. So we thought that'd be really good fun, um, and we all join in together and um, just singers hearts out together it's really you come away from it I do anyway every time and we've had some great feedback feeling really uplifted because you've actually moved and she can get you up dancing as well if people want to you know it's really good fun she's a great host um and and I suppose um a, a question we get asked quite a lot um which probably applies to yourselves as well is it's with a greater focus on on um online activities um, how how are you addressing the issue of people who 
are either reluctant or can't get online. So what what ways have you found to get around that? Yeah, so right at the start of lockdown, we were aware that it's a barrier for some people, maybe an inability to use the technology, even an inability to access the technology. So we've linked in with Age UK Lancashire, who are loaning people tablets during the pandemic so that that can help not engage specifically with us, but with church group meetings, with Age UK, anybody that's doing anything like that. So they're loaning people tablets. There's certain criteria that, that come with that as well. Um, equally, they can um, access our grant applications. We, we, we can support a grant application uh, for someone that's specifically isolated and lonely and things. So we've got that. And then I've helped about 18 carers and two professionals who've been hosting things for us to learn how to use Zoom. So yesterday I did two ladies so that they can come to the activities that we've got tomorrow for Carers' Rights Day. Um, And it's basically, I told them to download the app, set a time that I would ring them, called them yesterday, told them to click the app and how to use it. And then, ta-da, there they were on on my laptop and they were both (coughs) absolutely delighted. That's fantastic. And I, I think that's something we need to kind of, uh, remind people that are listening that um, sometimes the the uh, the fear of it, you know, which is kind of a, a nebulous thing. You think it's going to be really complicated. Actually, it's, it only takes a phone call. Yeah, and one of the other things I did was um, I drafted a simple how to use Zoom guide. Um, so that was a step by step where I just started the whole process like I was going to start a Zoom account for myself and just screenshot all of the steps that I'm going to take, I transformed it into a PowerPoint presentation with a few notes to, you know, you might get a blue ring for a few minutes, just let that do it. And then, as you say, sometimes it's a fear of the unknown. But when I'm telling people how easy it is to use Zoom, they're not quite sure. But then when I'm showing them how to do it, and it really is as simple as knowing where to put those numbers, as soon as they know that, they're off. So I've got a lady who. Her daughter had moved to Cyprus just before the lockdown, and she hadn't. She'd only been speaking to her on the telephone. She's in her eighties, is this lady? And now I know that she talks to her every Friday night on Zoom, and that just warms my heart knowing that I've enabled her to do that. I think because that's something you've done a lot of, and I was thinking we we had our AGM last Friday, and there were there were volunteers on there that I would never have expected to see on Zoom, one in particular, and I'm sure if he listens to this, he'll know who he is. Um, <laughs> but it was just brilliant to see them again. It, it is different yeah. being able to see someone than it is just talking to them. It really is. I mean, here today, being able to see you guys and interact, it, it really is different. And I think Angela's done a brilliant job at at getting people up and running it and actually that guide is on our website so if it's something that would help um, your carers to access soon we could we could share a link with you as well because it's been really useful for people Um, and and it is it's that taking that first step isn't it? it 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 does feel scary either we were all we were all pretty scared to use it at the beginning with something very new to us and the more and more we used it um, it's got easier hasn't it so it's taking that first step and I think we found that um, our carers if they've accessed something on Zoom then they'll quite happily access other, other things and, and, and have, have really taken advantage and enjoyed the acti- virtual activities that we've we've got going on so yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and of course, we're, uh, I don't know what's happening down where you are, but up here, more and more of the um, sort of care homes are using uh, tablets and, and iPads so that people can can communicate with 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 the loved ones you know so so they're managing to get around that issue about getting into to visit so i think it's also there's other aspects that that, that it can enable right. now you mentioned earlier um uh carers rights day which is fast upon us mm-hmm. um and i suppose katie we wanted to explore now obviously in england and scotland different uh, sort of legal systems different legislation um what what over this time with COVID, how has COVID impacted on carers' rights where you are? I suppose one one of the um just something that's come to mind now, which was highlighted a couple of weeks ago, was um the benefit system as well. The um the allowance the, the changes that have been made to um carers' allowance and attendance allowance because of uh, COVID restrictions. So we've been giving advice on that. So a lady, um, her mum was in hospital and had actually gone in for an operation, but unfortunately had um, got COVID whilst in hospital. And um, she, so she'd been in, in, in hospital more than 28 days. So the carer was worried that her carer's allowance would stop because in normal circumstances, that would be the case if, if, if in residential care or in hospital. Um, so that was so us giving advice to carers to say, actually, no, that it's changed at the moment, and the government are not are allowed. You know, if 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 they have um, if the carer had COVID or the person they're caring for has COVID, it, it doesn't the restrictions don't apply. So there, there is there has been um, some changes around benefits. I don't know if if you've had the same queries from people. That, that's not one okay. we've had actually, but but yeah, I think that's yeah. really important for people to know. Um, I think we will we will Absolutely. spread that word. <laughs> yeah, it's tra- it's sharing that information yeah. now. Um, Carers UK have an A to Z guide to changes in benefit. It's A to Z guide of benefits, and then and then within there, there's the changes um, because of COVID. So again, this is brilliant. This is where we can all share information, isn't it? As um, as carers centres and and and, let, and educate carers because it's something that we found out a couple of weeks ago. So you, it's it's all information that needs to be shared, isn't it? Together. And, and how are you finding it in terms of support services for carers or for the people that they care for? Are, are, are they being impacted by by the pandemic? Massively, yeah, yeah. Ordinarily, if you've got someone that's, for example, looking after someone living with dementia, they might have a certain number of hours of respite where they go to a daycare centre on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. The majority of those centres aren't open at the moment. So it's really, really difficult for people who are in an intensive caring role um, to get that break that they are legally entitled to. So, yeah, that's 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 the same up here as well. That I think it is. It's particularly I think people with dementia. I mean, all carers if they lose their support are finding it hard. But I think it is particularly affecting people who who are looking after someone with dementia. Mm-hmm. It's it's real tough. I've been. We run um, a course called Understanding Dementia. Um, and we, I normally deliver it at local libraries. So again, people can access um, the course in all the different areas that we cover. Um, but but since the pandemic, we've been running it on Zoom and just in smaller groups. 
and actually to be honest I was a bit nervous about doing it and because we do a lot of group work when we run the co- when I normally run the course um but it's worked really well and and um people have been able to share their experiences and uh, but obviously one of the things that has has come up and people are sharing within within that space is that they're really struggling for for support um, you know, caring, caring for somebody with dementia is all about having a, a routine and keeping active and keeping busy. Uh, and that's a struggle when it's hard to keep um, the attention span and have your normal hobbies that, you know, where we're reading books and watching films and things like that to keep keep entertained. That's not that's not the case, is it, for someone caring for someone with dementia? So it's a real struggle that those support groups out there at the moment. And um, we, we again, we've been running a support hub like a monthly cafe with guest speakers so people can come along to that um but we're, we're just waiting for the day Angela out with that we can get our cafes up and running again and we can start seeing our carers in person you know and providing that support again yeah I'm just cu- curious what other things you're doing in terms of addressing those well-being issues like um isolation and maybe low me- low mood and mental health, mental health concerns We've been doing welfare calls, so quite a lot of the assessment and review officers, they've been doing welfare calls. So the, the first person, the first people that we selected for those welfare calls, bear in mind there's 10,000 of them, were I think the over 85s, wasn't it? And people living, yeah. living someone living with dementia. And then, um, so each of those has received a welfare call and and, and it really just lifts the spirits, even just talking to someone, hearing from someone and knowing that that, the, that we've been thinking about them has meant such a great deal to them. You know, every, every time you say goodbye to somebody on the phone, it's always, thank you so, so much for calling. Because I've always been of the mind that if I'm speaking to someone, I might be the only person they speak to that day. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a real concern, isn't there, around people's um, well-being and, and, and mental health. Um, so, as Angela said, we've been making those extra calls and, and reaching out as much as we can to, to to first of all the vulnerable carers, and then we've just been trying to work our way down the list and and, and fit it in amongst um, our normal normal work routines. Um, and we've been specifically targeting. Um, courses you've got a course coming up in in january yeah. haven't you angela mental health first aid course um, yeah yeah and actually the response that we've had for that course um it's it's been huge yeah. hasn't it already and lots of carers booking on so it does highlight you know the issues that are out there i think um we've just been trying to keep in contact as much as we can and let people know that we are here even if it's just to give us a ring and have a chat and um doing that and running our carers cafes online and trying to get carers connected as much as we can one of um, how about you how about yourselves have you been doing dif- working differently well we uh, apart from uh, the, the role that i have in terms of uh, a facilitator uh, i would do similar to you uh, i would do courses and uh, training sessions uh, and we've been doing some of that with zoom but one of the most popular things has been uh, uh mindfulness um i lead mindfulness yes. sessions and um mm-hmm. and currently we have a membership of around about 22 people uh, and regularly we have about oh last week we had 12 uh people take part and um uh, and it's getting it's really popular and and uh, uh and they're really progressing well i mean when we started 
we, we usually I would do I would do batches. Um, you know, do an introductory course, and then we they, they we would maybe do a, a sort of catch up sort of thing. But at the beginning of lockdown, we said, right, we're going to do this every week. And I was kind of mm-hmm. I was a wee bit concerned because actually trying to think of something new every week, it, you know. But actually, it's become quite organic because we we've become a like our own little support group. But it's just mindfulness as a focus of attention, and um, and it's been really. I think for people, it's been really useful, and the feedback we've had has been, especially at the moment, has been it's just been tremendously uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of one carer um, who who has was relying on alcohol to get through her day. And she managed to quit, you know. Um, you oh, know, and wow. that's a that's a tangible oh. result. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not that's something I would com- complain and say, right? Enjoy mindfulness and cut your habits. No, I, I wouldn't say that. But it was the work that she yeah. did, and the fact that she got out enjoying nature as much as she could, and found saw the value or or felt the value of actually just taking five minutes to breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something really is big. Is brilliant, yeah. and that that helped. Mm-hmm. But Katie does. I mean, what Katie does with the uh, the Opal line? Maybe you want to talk about that. Talk briefly about I can talk about the Opal, which it, the Opal helpline is an information helpline which covers the whole of Eastern Berkshire, but it's not just Carers Link. It's there's two other um, charities, local charities that are involved. So there's Catus, which is a, an advocacy organisation, and Citizens Advice Bureau. So obviously that's kind of no knowledge of the benefits and all the rest of it. Um, <clears throat> and I have to say, we've, it's been around for years and we've had, you know, a, a trickle of calls, I would say, um, enough enough to keep us busy. But when, when the pandemic hit, um, we worked with Eastern Berkshire Voluntary Action, who had loads of volunteers that were coming in to do shopping and prescription collections and all that kind of stuff. And our calls just hit the roof. It was literally, you would come off one call and, and on to another. And so it was used as a way for people to get the support that they needed. And then those volunteers often built up, a really, it was often a regular volunteer that would, would do the shopping or whatever. So that built up that that kind of social connection. Um, and then it, it slowed down again, um, kind of August time. But it's, I have to say, it is starting to build up again now with people who are self-isolating. So, you know, if they're self-isolating, they can't get out and do their shopping. I had a lady on yesterday who said, I thought I'd prepared for everything. I've got all this pasta and rice in my in my cupboards. I thought I'd know what I was doing, but I've run out of milk and I've run out of bread. <laughs> you know, so the, the fresh things that, that you can't stockpile. So, you know, it's that, that's what the Opal Helpline that's that's what it's really strong about now but also it i mean it's always been about people who are looking for help with accessing local services just finding out about them because and a lot of it was social isolation so it's people looking for for groups to join you know, that they could get to so yeah but 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 i think the the volunteers are, are making a huge difference to people's lives and i i would just put a huge thank you to anyone that's volunteering like that because they're making such a big difference Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, I think the key there is, is that um, support and, and, and regular support where people can join. Um, we, we've been doing a, a weekly quiz, which is a mixture of staff, volunteers and carers, isn't it? Um, and I, I go I go for uh, with my partner for support and, and just to connect with people once a week. Um, and Angela, you were running the quiz, weren't you? But then you decided that you wanted yes, to... It's quite time consuming putting a quiz together every week. Yeah. And trying to cater for everybody, I was rapidly running out of questions, to be honest. 
So I had a bit of a brainwave and a time-saving idea that I thought I will open it up to those that take part every week and you can take a turn to host. So that's proved really, really popular. <clears throat> Some of our carers have taken taken a turn. One of them is a volunteer in our charity shop um, and he wanted to do a picture quiz because I'd been doing a picture quiz every week, but he, did, he had absolutely no idea how to do a picture quiz. So I phoned him up. We had a little Zoom meeting where I taught him how to do a PowerPoint presentation, how to share a screen and everything. And equally, he was over the moon. I told him to put that he now knows how to do a PowerPoint presentation on his CV. It's learning new skills, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're just increasing yeah. in confidence each and every time that they come, you know. People are saying six months ago, I wouldn't have dreamt that I would be hosting a quiz to effectively a room full of strangers but again, equally, because we're meeting regularly and, and on a weekly basis, it has become a little bit of a friendship circle as well. So, and 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 it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless, especially at the moment. And and, and I don't know about you, but we've we've actually noticed there's a, another sort of side effect of of COVID is that a lot of organisations are are working in unique and different ways than they used to. Um, I mean, and we've had, you know, for example, for the podcast, we've had some people from the NHS take part, which otherwise they would normally not, mm. uh, and, and and offering because it helps reach the people that they're trying to reach. And I was wondering if you had similar connections and partnership working opportunities that have um, come about because of the COVID. Yes, yeah, certainly the hubs that have popped up in the five boroughs. Um, so each of the five boroughs that we cover have its, has its own hub, if you would, and it's multi-agency. So you, there's doctors coming into some of them, there's CCG, counsellors, MPs, other charitable organisations, and then those that work for the, for, for the borough councils as well. By and large, it is the borough councils that organise and facilitate them. Um, and we are now taking part in those as well. So, yeah, it's multi-agency. A, pro a local approach as well. Yeah, I think we've we've said that another positive that's come out of it is that we are um, working with other uh, other charity organisations. We're working within. We bring the communities come together to support everybody, hasn't it? You know, and that's that's been good a, a good thing. And I'm sure again that work's going to carry on afterwards when we get there. I think we've had a, a good chat and, mm -hmm. and it's really interesting and there's lots of information in there and I, I think we've got ideas that we maybe think about having a quiz we'll see yeah. we'll see if we could because I'll, I'll you know that would be got a lot to share with you so <laughs> That's true. you know we, yeah we've got we've got lots that we've already done so that'd be nice to share those yes I'll come along it's on zoom so you could come along to ours yeah. you'd be very welcome and suddenly for the mindfulness if you want to pop in to a refresher then uh, you're more than yeah, welcome. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Let's let's uh, maybe afterwards we'll we'll share some things on email and yeah. And, um, yeah we'll do that. So, so one final question. We have we have a kind of tradition in our podcast after talking about things that are very serious and in depth. Is how have you survived? How have you coped yourself personally with all the pressures? What's your what's your guilty secret over those last six months? Mine's been counting my blessings, really. I was lucky enough to get engaged over the summer. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and something to focus on and the realisation that it isn't going to last forever. And obviously, as you know, when you're speaking to people in an intensive caring role on a day-to-day -day basis, you don't half realise how easy your life is in comparison to other people. 
So for me, it's just about counting my blessings every day. Oh, great answer, Angela. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, I do feel quite lucky. Um, I'm healthy. We've got a great team. Um, we're all, we've all pulled together. So um, I don't know. I'm not the guilty pleasure. I've been trying to get out walking as much as possible, um, enjoying the seasons, enjoying enjoying the autumn. It's got a little bit colder now. Enjoying my cats, that one that just jumped up on the table in the middle <laughs> of the podcast. Um, so I'm seeing a lot more of them. Um, yeah, so keeping focus. I think just content, it's really difficult because I know it keeps getting extended, but just keeping focused on the light at the end of the tunnel that this is, we are going to get there in the end um, and, and to, to keep on keeping on, I suppose. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you and uh, we'll. Uh, keep tabs and, and hopefully we can do something together and we've also we've got this joint uh, sing along yes that's hopefully. on the 15th uh, of december half past four that's that, that's yeah. brilliant so so um so anyway emma and uh, angela thank you very much uh, and and uh, wish you well and uh, keep safe and and thanks for joining and if you've got any questions just send us an email Thanks, John, and thanks for having us. It's been really wonderful to meet you both, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so, uh, Katie, that's uh, that's about all we've got for this week. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually quite interesting. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of similarities, and, and I think we've got one or two ideas, perhaps, going Definitely. forward. Yeah, and I think that the information about um, carers' allowance being being not being taken away from you when when you're in hospital during the due to COVID, I think that's really important information that we will get out there. Yes. So um, with that, uh, we'll have all the information and usual uh, uh, telephone numbers, emails, addresses, and such like uh, in in the show notes. We're we're really desperate to hear your thoughts and and views about the podcast, and and we're coming to the end of the year. We've only got a couple more podcasts left. Um, and uh, but we would like to, in the new year, hopefully to to really have a, a wider um, input from people, from, from whether you're a carer, a volunteer, or just someone who's interested. Um, and we would, and if you want to come on and tell your story, you know we're we're very we're very gentle, aren't we, Katie? We are, and I think it's important that I was looking at the the stats for the podcast yesterday, um, and one of the ones that really has the most listens is the one we did with the young adult carers where they talked about their experiences of, of moving um becoming young carers in a pandemic so people really are interested in hearing stories of other people they can relate to they can they can understand exactly you know what's going on in their lives so if you are willing to come on and tell your story we would love for you to do that yeah, and it's, it's an important way to, to encourage other people to to perhaps open about th- open open up about things, so they can get help and support, which is which is what we're here for. So uh, yeah. that's great, Katie. Well, um, I think that's it. Um, wishing you everyone well. Look after yourselves, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.